Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there in Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Yeah, what I think I'd like to do right now is break down a different flow. This episode's going to be different because... Something hilarious was brought to my attention on the cesspool garbage known as YouTube. And I'm going to share a snippet of that just so that you can be entertained, but also informed because it's possible you were in the project that was being referred to. I hope not, but it's possible. And I know that Sean Crypto Smith, who I've talked about before, I know he was somehow associated with it. I don't know if he was just an investor, maybe, or just doing coverage. I know he's somehow associated because he's talked about the project. So I, I did want to do a little bit of coverage on that one. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, really, but it's for the giggles. It's the last. It's hilarious. I'm going to get on that. Personal note, just so you have it. I've started the hunt for a different endeavor. I don't plan to drop my current endeavor unless I'm forced to because they're starting to play this game again. And it's not leadership's problem. It's line level. Line level doesn't have a clue. And so I'm going to have a meeting with the upper leadership Uh, later in the week, share my concerns and just say, this is what it is. And this is what I need, which is I need somebody to put their foot down and somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. You know, I'm in a place where there, what's the term? The kids say snowflakes, you know, there's very sensitive people there. They don't come from the, the, the grain, right? They're, they're, they're from a different era where everybody's feelings get hurt and they don't, they don't show up and I'm different, you know, I, w- I had a boss who didn't give a damn how you felt about nothing. It's about the work and you get it done. And so my culture is different and I admit it, but I've never said anything negative about race, creed, color, him, nor her. I've never said anything negative about somebody's religion. I've never said it n- anything negative about somebody's country of origin. I don't say anything negative that would be directly an attack, but I am going to call somebody out when they're not showing up. Holding somebody accountable is not covered under any bullying or harassment or any negative anything by any training you can see. That's what it is. But we're dealing with people, uh, apparently, this because I'm a contractor, right? I'm a plumber. I'm a window. I'm a contractor. I don't work for them. We have an agreement, and I do work for them. The people who are employed, what happens is, apparently, the organization pretty much lets them carte blanche abuse management because they can just half-ass and not show up. And you can't really punish them without a pattern of negative behavior. I get it, but there's already been a pattern of negative behavior for years. And they still make it hard to cut some people. And then there's just, it, they've already cut deep. And so I, I'm sensitive to it. But at the same time, I got a job to do. And if people hold me back, I call them out on it. So that's, I am started the search. I've got a couple of feelers out there to see if I can get another endeavor. It would cut into my pay, but I'm okay doing it. And see if I can work this out. And then if it turns out that we can't work it out, then I'll move on to a different endeavor, which would suck, you know, because I did uproot, but I had to get the hell out of Nevada no matter what. So I think I'm okay. I got money in the bank. I'm not worried about it. I've got money in places. I'm not worried about it. So I'm, I'm good. Now, once I pay the tax bill, obviously it's going to cut a little bit into what I got, but I'm, I'm good for the moment and we'll see what it looks like. And if there was a move, it would be in 2024 and who knows, maybe we'll get the run up that I'm, foreseen happen. Speaking of that run-up, let's talk some cryptocurrency, shall we? (music) 
Okay, so we're looking at the month chart on coindesk.com and I zoom out to month, one month, and we went on a jump. We had a significant run up. Looks good. Everybody was happy with what we saw. I wasn't. I'll get to that. A low of 1850, a high of 1900. We're holding steady just shy of the 1900 mark, trending upward. So we are seeing an upward trend and we expect to go a little bit further up, but we're not seeing the upward pressure. When I say pressure, I'm talking strength of upward climb. We don't see it. Bitcoin, we do see some of that. A low of 13.5, a high of 13.9, or 35.9, rather. Significant run-up on the Bitcoin side. And 35,000, it may not seem like a significant climb. It's a significant climb. Because just to give you a sense of this, there was a point we were at 31,000, okay? Currently at 35, right? There was a point we were at 31,000. There was a point we were at 28,000. There was a point we were at just over 19,000. So I want to be clear here. This is a, this basically got us out of the rut we were in for the vast span of about half of 2022. Pretty much all of that loss, all of that turmoil, all of that disruption has been washed by this run that we're experiencing now, where it got over the 33 mark, 33,000 mark because the dips were strong. It turns out due to the testimony of poof hair on the stand and his mistress slash girlfriend, Caroline Ellison, turns out that FTX was essentially colluding to depress Bitcoin prices. So it's possible that they contributed to some of the drops that we saw. If that's true, and I can't say that it is, but if that's true, it's possible that this thing could just spring upward because you think about pressure, right? There are people out there that knew Bitcoin got as high as $68,000, goes as low as like, I think it went as low as like $15,000 at the very dip. Okay, so if it goes that low, that means there's a strong opportunity for this dude, like a spring, it's just going to shoot to straight up. And we see a trend upward in that direction. If you look at the chart movement, it is a strong positive trend. This tells me, at least, Good things are coming in 2024. This assumes we don't have another poof hair incident. This assumes we don't have another Gary Gensler incident. This assumes that we get competent people in government. There's a lot of assumptions behind that. And of course, the whole Bitcoin ETF is another, I'll say, factor in what we do in the future. I think, and Hong Kong was able to get a Bitcoin ETF approved, and that's a different sentiment thing, but I think big picture, 2024 is going to be an amazing something. I can get that wrong. Time will tell. I'll tell you this, though. I simply said I didn't see a bull run yet. I did see a bull market. Absolutely. We're in a bull market. They're shopping. They're buying. They're scooping. And on the Ethereum side, it turned deflationary. That's a general bullish deal. All coins are somewhat up. They're not going crazy, but they're somewhat up. That's a general bullish signal. And most of these are holding stable, which means we're not seeing a lot of dump out. That's good. And whales are accumulating more. That's all positive. All of these are positive signs. So I am optimistic for 2024. And we'll have to see what December looks like. I'm curious. I'm curious if December can get us to a 40,000 Bitcoin. I'm curious if December can get us to a $2,000 Ethereum. Because if we can get that high, and it, they don't seem like that that high, but they are in, in, in retrospect. They are high for concern where we've been for over a year and a half. If we get there, 
uh, then I think the velocity will start increasing. So when I start looking at numbers overall for things like, say, Solana, Solana, remember, was all the way up. I think it got as high as like 300 freaking dollars. It went as low as I want to say, what, 18 bucks or 20 bucks or something like that. It was low. It went low as freaking hell. Okay, so then if it's able to get back up to the, you know, hundreds of dollars that it was at, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Because people that stacked it when it went down to $15 per, people that stacked that bad boy, do, 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 because that's not a lot of money if you think about it. If you put, if you bought, let's say, 100 of them at 15, so $1,500, and you sat on that bad boy, and you and it somehow was able to get back up to its, I think it got like $250, $300. That's a lot of freaking money. And so just, again, there's going to be some people that are going to, they're going to make a mint if this thing can go on the run that we expect in 2024. And it doesn't even really matter about which of the, of the main coins we talk about because the total market caps now up to $1.35 trillion. Remember it had gone just, just over 1 trillion. Like it was down about to drop essentially a zero and go to 990 some odd. And now we're back up to 1.35 trillion. So we're trending upwards towards again, as I said, on CryptoTalkRadio.net before, to me, $2 trillion would tell me bull run. We're trending in that direction. The velocity, the pace, the speed with which we go there tells me bull market is a fair statement to make. Not yet bull run. Hopefully we get there. Monero. Monero had, if you didn't know, had a crowdfunding wallet for the community. And the crowdfunding wallet was designed to help compensate uh, people in the community, it was apparently running on a Windows 10 box somewhere. It gets breached. People on the developer team theorized that some, one of the other servers that was involved with the transactions was uh, breached somehow, and the wallet address got exposed to the tune of a little bit over $460,000, I believe it was. It was quite a bit of money for them for this for this purpose. What it was doing is if there was a development proposal from the members, this was used to help fund those proposals. They also said that, and I don't understand this, but they also said that contributors might be relying on it to pay rent or food. That's a contradiction because if you're contributing money to this pool, you're not using it for rent or food. It, if they're saying that somebody might submit a development initiative or proposal, and as part of that proposal, they need to pay their rent, no problem. I, I got that. But that's not a contributor. <laughs> that's a benefactor. So the, the story is a little bit unclear as to exactly who was harmed is where I'm going with that. I think the harm really is more sentiment versus actual harm. Sentiment is you have this made available, funds made available for financing. And a similar hack happened to Rich Quack, actually. Funds are made available for funding these things. And the sentiment is lost because it gets breached. And how do you put that money back? I, I'm curious, though, since it's Monero. The one thing about Monero I did notice, and I, I've not been a supporter of it, but I did hold it at a point. One thing I noticed about Monero, it's it's pretty darn isolated. And, and I thought it was pretty cool, the transactions. You can actually transact it on Rich Quacks, QuackX, if, you, if you're curious, richquack.com slash X. It will also be transactable on the new uh, non-custodial that I'm building. Uh, because that's it's the same technology on the hood. But it's pretty isolated. I was pretty surprised to see that this happened. To If any of the ecos would have something, I would not 
expect it to be Monero is my point. So that surprised me. I'm, I'm not down on the people that lost money and I don't like that they lost money. I'm saying that I'm surprised this happened to Monero of all projects. It seems like they had their stuff together better than most. So seeing that was a shock to me is all I'm saying there. The IRS, the Internal Revenue Service of the United States, came out with a proposal talking about getting more access to your, your data, your wallet, and connecting the dots between your personal information and your cryptocurrency wallet. If you have a wallet that you have the keys to, and it's a self-hosted wallet, like a trust wallet or a Coinbase wallet or anything made of, made of garbage, whatever, they don't know anything about you, really. There's some that will force you to sign up for something, but the vast majority, they don't care who you are on purpose. The IRS proposal is to change that and basically turn it into, make it closer to the banking. Force you to create an account, collect a social security number, collect a name, store it somewhere in a server and make it available when the government asks for it so that they can go after you when you duck your taxes. If you're one of those people that's sitting on major bags of some garbage like MMAI or something else and you made millions and millions of dollars and then the, you're trying to duck the taxes because we all know you're doing that. We know you're ducking the taxes. You know you're ducking the smoke. You're not paying your fair share. They want to try to bridge that gap and make sure they identify who you are. And I said, if they want to track you, they'll track you. They'll find you. If they want to find you, they'll find you. Because if you transact a central exchange, which you're going to have to do at some point, that data is already logged. It's already duly noted. They already know where that that's going. If you send it to your own wallet, they already have that trace. Right? They can track it all the way down to your final wallet and then trace it wherever it goes. I've said, though, in my opinion, the taxes should apply when you cash out. And if you don't cash out, what is the value equivalency? Currently, they're doing the equivalent value based on what the market says, right? It's a market rate. So you could have a token, and I saw this before with some tokens that I actually held at one point where it skyrocketed, and based on the amount that I held before I sold, allegedly I'd have been a billionaire, right? Well, it, it might have been a garbage token. It might have been just a scam. It might have been crap. How do you distinguish true value versus presumptive value versus phony value? I'll give you a great example. F Libero. F Libero's dashboard swears up and down that there's significant value left in the project. But if you go to the exchange side, because it's still available on some exchanges, it has no value. It has none. There's no money left in those. So what would the, again, theoretically, what would the government go off of? Is it a presumptive value or is it a guess value or is it a scam value? Because it is easy to actually scam the liquidity pool value to make it look like it's worth more than it is. We saw that with the car salesman on Seifu. There's all these tricks that obfuscate the true value of cryptocurrency. And that I think is the, what the only thing that's going to keep this from being a reality. The only way they can truly assess that somebody owes something is by way of true value as when you cash out. That's easy to trace though because the IRS already has their hooks in the central exchanges. What they have to do is make sure that every central exchange is complying with the rules of reporting any sort of cash out of data and submitting all that paperwork. Some of them are good about it, some of them are not. But I would say their quest to get this information should begin and end with cashing out because cashing out is realizing a value. It goes both ways though. That means that businesses, contractors like myself, independents, you can't claim a loss 
that's not realized. You can't claim a loss if you're holding it because you didn't really lose anything for the same reason. So it goes both ways. But I think most of the wealthy would agree with me. You can't attribute a value to an asset that does not have a real value until you transact it because that's not going to really fly. It, it doesn't make any sense. That means that they, they'd have, a, it will be a field day for them trying to figure out some garbage scam token that has a fake value attributed to it designed to scam people and then try to go after you and put a tax bill on you. They, they'd never be able to pull it off. And I think it's the only way to stop something like this from going forward. Do I think that they should have some sort of connection to be able to do tax reporting? I think the better, the better solution is to question the current requirements for tax reporting and the filing. The only reason you're required to file taxes, just so you don't, just so you know, if you didn't know, is because in the system, they already know for your W-2, your employee, they already know how much money you make. Your employer should be submitting that on your behalf, and that assumes that you filled out your W-4 correctly. If you lied on your W-4, the IRS knows it. They know how much that is. What you're doing when you submit that form is you're basically begging the government to give you back money because you're basically requesting a credit back. You're requesting money back. That's the way the current system works is you have to give it to them first and then request it back if you're a W-2. If you're a 1099, it's optional. You can withhold. So basically you're proactively sending it to them and then request it back. Or you can say, I'm not going to do that. They, you're, whoever you work contract, your contract, uh, not employer, but the person who's paying you through contract, they have to report to the IRS too how much they paid you as a vendor. When that comes to the IRS, they're reconciling it against the filing that you do. If you don't do a filing, they're going to come after your ass, right? But if you file and you reconcile it, you could not withhold and then say, okay, then you got a tax bill. The IRS will work with you. You can do a payment plan. That's what I'm on. My payment plan is not really a payment plan. I already paid like a, a quarter of it in one bulk payment, and then I was going to pay the rest of it. It's not due to December 31st. So I was just going to do a bulk payment before the end of the year and call it done. Long term, I want to rethink the, the payment structure. And unfortunately, the amount of tax governs how much they're willing to flex on you. So if you, if I believe it's if you owe less than 20 grand in taxes, they'll flex with you on the tax bill. But once you get over that threshold, they'll come out to your ass if you don't pay. And as long as you're making a good faith effort to pay, you acknowledge, yep, I got to pay it. And you make a good faith effort and you're filing your tax forms. It's not as big of a deal. Where you're going to get in trouble is when you don't file. That's the Wesley Snipes issue. You, do, you underpay or you don't pay at all. And some of these celebs, what happens is they entrust their finances to an accountant, hoping that everything gets squared and the accountant just overlooks stuff or stuff gets underreported or they're just straight slimy. And then the IRS comes out to their ass and then they're, they're toast. And then California is even worse because California actually puts on their website a list of the deadbeats, which is hilarious. So I'm saying the IRS knows what they're doing. They understand but the whole system is a scam because they want you to give them the money and then beg it to get it back instead of what it should be, which is, no, I have my money and then I have a bill and I pay you over time. And as long as my a bill amount doesn't go higher than the amount I'm paying to you, you leave me to hell alone. That's what it should be. That's why I don't like doing W-2 because I don't like 
having money withheld from me. And remember, if you're not in the U.S., you wouldn't know this, but remember, if you are in the U.S., if you're W-2, there's other taxes that are withheld from you that you have no choice on. You know, Social Security, SSI, state disability in some states, and other ones are taken from you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Now, the downside, I would say, if you're a 1099 or a corp, you know, you have your own business, you're, you're not paying into Social Security, which they want you to do because you're paying forward. Social Security, you're paying for people that come after you, the youth that come after you. If you work your own business and you don't pay through the traditional W-2, so you say, I'm a business owner, but I'm paying myself through the business as W-2. If you don't do that, you're not paying into Social Security for the people who come after you. It doesn't affect yours. It affects the people that come after you. What affects yours is how much you made year over year through W-2, and then it accrues. That accrual then creates a number, and the number creates how much they can justify paying you, understanding that it's essentially a Ponzi scheme, and it's insolvent, and you're only going to get roughly 70% when it's all said and done. That's what's driving. The reason I told that roundabout is that's what's driving this push for them to be aware of cryptocurrency as they expect the bull run too, and they want to make sure that they get their fair, what they think is their fair share, because they're trying to fill shortfalls in money they believe they're owed. And if money, see, it's double taxation, because if you have a W-2 job, you already got taxed, right? When you, when your company, they withheld it from you, you already got taxed. If you buy into cryptocurrency, they want to basically tax you again off of the profits, but the profits themselves, they're treating as capital gains. Capital gains are taxed at a higher percentage. In other words, if you had taken that same money and put it in a garbage 401k or a garbage IRA, a garbage CD that pays garbage rates, right? You're not going to be taxed on that increase at all until you cash out. And then it's a small percentage compared to what cryptocurrency would do. The easy solution to this, I think, is to bridge the gap between these asset classes that we refer to, the IRAs and everything else, and cryptocurrency such that you can flow profits from one into the other and not have the tax bill. The reason they don't want to do that is, of course, the Gary Gensler's of the world who call everything a security, and I don't think that's going to change. So I think the way that you block something like this is simply to say, at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to put a true price on something until and unless they sell that asset. And that's just the bottom line, at least the way I see it. Let's talk real quick about the SHIB ecosystem, and then I'll give my funny, but my the SHIB ecosystem. So for those that don't know, in all fair disclosure, Leister here at CryptoThoughtRadio.net, I did a, I ran the numbers. Apparently, I am a top one percenter in Bone. I didn't know this, but I was watching and I was trying to figure out, well, why the hell is that happening? It turns out that there's quite a few people that are dumping their Bone. They're, they're literally selling out of Bone. As I record this, there's 91,000. Well, a bunch of people just bought back in, but it was 91,915 and it had gone down from 91,917. We're now back up to 91,922. So a bunch of people bought back in very just much recently. Some of the ones that sold out were whale people. They were large holders. And most of the people now that I see that are doing sales, I'm like, okay, why are you selling now? Is there something they know or is there something sentiment driven? The reason it came up is because the SHIB, the SHIB ecosystem released their newspaper, quote unquote, they call it the SHIB, 
and you can subscribe to this business and it sends you an email and the whole nine. Now that the downside with this is that it does require that you log in with your email address. So if you've already subscribed to their newsletter, I believe you're already registered for it. So what I did is I went to the, the website for this article. I put in the email address and I'm doing this now so you can see what I'm talking about or hear what I'm talking about. Put in the email address, continue. It sends you a code in the email that you sent. So if you're one of those kids that say the word Jeet and you don't like email, you need to get over it. Because if you want to get, you know, what you what I'm going to talk about, you need to start embracing email. The beauty that is, and I recommend that you don't do freaking Gmail, but it's up to you. I'm just saying that you need to get used to email. Email's your friend. Email's fantastic and amazing. And you'll have to do it in order to uh, do this business. So once you get the email, it gives you a link. And after you click the link, it authenticates you to this news deal. They give essentially an, an NFT of the cover of the newsletter, and you're entitled to claim uh, the free cover NFT if you want it. To do this, you have to actually create a full-on account. So after you do this first authentication with the email, you have to then go through the full step of creating an account. You have to generate a password, which I think is stupid. Create a full-on account. So I think what they're trying to do with this is they're trying to secure access to the NFTs that they issue. What I don't like, though, is the fact that, you know, everything is tied to, again, having to create an account because they could just as well associate it to a, a wallet address because there's no reason, in my mind, there's no reason, to, and, and I don't know. So... After you do that, it asks you, it doesn't force you, but it asks you to set up an authenticator app, you know, like uh, LastPass or Google Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator, whatever you choose. It's, it's, it's optional. You don't have to do it. I don't like this crap because, again, unless we're talking banking, I don't like doing it because it's a waste of time. We're talking a news article, letter, whatever the heck. Then you get to the minting of the deal, and it says, it says they're all minted up. So it says that they're not gonna let they're not gonna let you mint it <laughs> because people already received it and they already did it and apparently it was a thousand that were only ever issued for this business. Allegedly, at some point later, you'll be able to trade it. I don't know what value there is in it. And question number one was, well, why are we doing an NFT minting when you don't ask for the wallet address because you're gonna need to provide a connection to the wallet address to establish the owner of the NFT. That was minted. I don't have that answer. I don't know what the answer is. Allegedly, I don't have this, but allegedly they're doing it because it's quote free, as in there's no gas and they're not charging for it. But again, usually when you're doing a mint, you need to associate it to the person's wallet address and they're not doing that. I think long-term, this is going to be a problem for them because they're doing a limited supply. I think they should have done where it's not a, I don't mind the limited supply because maybe it does come collectible, but I don't agree with not forcing a wallet connect. I think the way they should have done that part should have been a wallet connect. You don't need an email or excuse me, a password. You do need an email because that's the way it gets sent to you. Right. But you should not need a password. It should simply connect your wallet and that's your authentication so that it doesn't require any data of you should not require the authenticator app. There's no reason just do a wallet connect. And that is your authenticator. The reason I think this matters goes to something else they gave in one of the other updates, which was around a, a quote, SHIB wallet. 
if you're going to do a SHIB wallet, and this is where I think maybe some of the sentiment started to shift. If you're going to do a SHIB wallet that they were talking about, they said that the SHIB wallet is going to support the Shibiri ecosystem dedicated to SHIB tokens and all this stuff. But if you're going to do a SHIB wallet, but yet your news article deal doesn't even use Wallet Connect, to me, you've already lost the plot. To me, you don't understand why it's critical to connect the dots between these two. Because your goal should be to create an ecosystem and cultivate it. And this ties to something I'm going to cover here later. If you do the wallet, but you don't require a connect on this news deal and the minting deal, I think you lost the plot. I think you totally lost the plot because there are people who are newish to cryptocurrency who probably bought into SHIB sitting on it, pissed off, and you could have enticed them to get on your wallet, the SHIB wallet, entice them to get on board with it and just simply say, once you download this wallet, go ahead and connect it to our site will validate that, yes, indeed, it is our SHIB wallet. And as thank you for downloading the wallet and trying it out, we'll provide you this NFT. You can still do it as a limited supply. I would not have gone as low as 1,000. I think that's crap. I would have gone a little bit higher than that. But my point is, I would have said, no, this is something where we need to make sure our people are taken care of and we encourage use of this wallet that we want to promote. If you don't do that, I think you lost the plot. That's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't matter if you just do the, the to me, e doing email and password is the worst thing you can freaking do because a lot of the young people refuse to do an email address, even with those jobs require it and all this. So it's, it's not that it's not that you're wrong, just the sentiment people don't, they today, they don't see value like they should in doing email. And so since they don't see value in doing email, what's happening is people are getting confused when you require an email address and they're not on board with that. And I simply think you need to shift gears and fix that because you should not be forcing people to do something that they're likely not going to do because it's going to lessen how much saturation you get, how much adoption you get. If you're going to do an ecosystem, do a freaking ecosystem. Don't don't do what you did, which is to force something that you know people are not all on board with. I'm not saying you can't provide it as an option. I'm saying don't force it because if you force it, you're going to cause issues and you're not going to get the adoption that I think you want. I think you want that adoption. You damn sure ain't going to get it doing what you did and you know what you did. I don't need to repeat it. I'm simply saying to you, you need to do better. And it starts with understanding eco. Ties to my next rant. Shitoshi on social media reached out and essentially said, and I paraphrase, essentially said it's time to start using shillers to shill this business. I was absolutely aghast. A-G-H-A-S-T, for those who don't know. I was appalled. I was frustrated. I was nauseous physically. When I saw this come out, you're dealing with an ecosystem. It turns out SHIB has over 2 million holders. Bone has under 100,000. So right there, you already have an opportunity for saturation that you're not using. Leash, hardly nobody holds leash. 
The reason is because of marketing. And I'm going to get to why another reason why I think they screwed the pooch on that one. But the, the bottom line is you got all this opportunity and the first, and, and what you choose to do is instead to do this garbage, <laughs> this garbage of let's go to Schiller's. I understand the frustration because that's really what's driving it. It's frustration. You're frustrated because you've screwed the pooch and people don't see value in what you're doing. I don't agree that the right answer is that you should turn to Schiller's. The reason I don't agree that that's the right answer is because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you got to think about what got you here, bro. What got you here was not Schiller's. What got you here was community. What got you here was organic. What got you here was sentiment, positive sentiment. What got you here, what got you to the dance was a desire to do more with the ecosystem than others were doing. You were not doing what Doge was doing. You were not doing what the other cryptos were doing. You were doing something or trying to, doing something so much different while at the same time getting the name out, name awareness to the mainstream. At one point, that was part of the messaging. And then something changed. And I don't know why this change made any damn sense, in my opinion, but I know that that was the change. I understand that was the change. I don't agree with the change. I don't. Where am I going with this? When you go after Schiller's, you know what happens? What almost every time happens? What happens is you invite more toxicity due to no fault of your own. But the truth is you're going to invite more toxicity. It happens every damn time because certain of these Schillers are not in, interested in the success of your project. They're interested in the success of their bag. And to a lesser degree, I think this is critical to understand. Depending on the Schillers that you engage with, it is possible that you might actually turn people off because some of the Schillers do not have positive sentiment in the industry. They don't. So if you're going to do this, I don't agree with it, but if you're going to do this and you're going to go all in with it, because I saw that was the announcement, I think it's a recipe for disaster. Obviously, you're going to benefit from what Ethereum has going on. Obviously, things are going to shift positive once Ethereum goes on a run. But I think you're causing more harm than good with what you're doing. And I would rather see that you not do what you're talking about doing. It's likely too late because you already put the damn announcement out there. And I'm not for a moment suggesting that you should not do anything at all. But I don't know that you've, you've stabilized everything enough yet to justify what you're not talking about doing. I think the first step should always have been, we need to fix what we have. We need to get Shibarium more active. We need to get Shibarium out into the mainstream. We need to get more developers going against it. We need to do more than what we've been doing. I think that should have been the first step. And I, I don't see that was. And I get a sense that there's too much sprawl. There's too many shinies 
coming up. There's too many different things that you're doing with no focus on one thing and perfecting it. This is my perspective. Others may disagree, and that's great. That's great. But what I see is there's too much damn sprawl, too many different things happening. You're trying to do too much, and you're not focused on one direction. Whether that's in response to something or some other reason, I think there's too much going on, too much different direction, and you're not focusing like I think you need to. And if you don't focus like I think you need to, we're going to have some major issues coming up here soon. Which brings me to the last frustration point, and that is around the Dow, the doggy Dow. I saw a message, and it's, it's buried somewhere. The irony is that it's not on the damn magazine. It's not on the mediums, not on the blog. It's nowhere around that I can see. It was just, I think it was only in social media or something else. It might have been Lucy on social media. I'm not really sure. But essentially what they're doing is they're changing the way that the Dow operation works for some history. The way that it worked before is that Bone was the token for the Dow. The Dow is, of course, you being entitled to vote on the direction of the project. Because they didn't really promote Bone for so many freaking years, nobody really bought it. Everybody bought SHIB because they were told to. Everybody just jumped into SHIB, which is why SHIB has over 2 million people holding it. Because this happens, right, people are now saying, okay, well, what do we need to do to make this right for all holders? How do we make this whole so that every holder has a fair shake in the voting and it's not just isolated into this small corner of bone holders. Now, I don't disagree with the idea. I don't. I don't disagree with the idea that there should not be too much centralization in Dow because as we saw, that's what essentially is affecting Luna Classic. But I don't like their response. I don't like their reaction. I don't like how they're handling it. And I'm seeing a pattern where they're either reacting to something and then that's bad because just like with the liberal ecosystem, they're just reacting and throwing out shinies. It's, it's like, no, this, no, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. So what they did is they split out the Dow breakout allegedly to try to make it fair on this business. I don't think it made it fair. And I don't know how they're going to enforce the one for one of them over some of the other ones. Let me do the best I can to try to explain what the hell that they did. I'll try. I can't guarantee anything. So each token, so they've got Shiv, Bone, Leash, and then later to be Treat. These are the ones that are de declared as to be the tokens in the ecosystem with Bone prior being the, the DAO token, the primary one for the DAO, and you needed to hold Bone previous to this announcement in order to do the voting for the doggy DAO. When they made this change, they broke it out to where each of the tokens now has a different contribution to the big picture, 
and it didn't make any sense what their thought process was. I think again, it was, it's like a, I don't want to say desperation. That's not fair, but it feels like it was just very poorly thought out. It feels like it's reaching. It feels like it's grasping its straws. It feels like it was not going to be anything of any value. And I actually have people on coin market cap. There's their uh, forums claim. Yes. It gives everybody equal voice. It does not give everybody an equal voice. That's the problem. So I'll do the best again that I can to try to explain what the hell it is that they proposed doing with this breakout and why I don't believe that it's equal at all. They changed it to where bone is basically the Dow for technology. So when we talk gas fees or those kinds of things, things that drive the technology side of something, bone would be the, basically the token for that. They had, Leash as the one overseeing the protection of the community. I'm going to come back to that one because I'm like, dude, come on. Then they had SHIB as the community DAO, the DAO overseeing the community aspect. So SHIB is community. Leash is protecting the community. Okay. Bone is the technology around basically shibarium, what it takes to do things, gas and everything else. Okay. So that's bone, shib and leash. And then treat was for projects to kind of like funding for development projects. Treat doesn't exist yet. So, or allegedly it exists. It's not available yet. I should say. Okay. So that's, I'm setting that aside. I'm targeting shib and leash <coughs> more so leash. Shib is a DAO over the community. Leash is for the protection of the community. If you're sensitive to swearing, I'll give you a moment to plug your ears. Protection of the community. What the fuck does that mean? Now I'm sure that somebody over there had it in their mind of what they wanted this to be. What do you mean by protection of the community? I suspect what it means is things like the ship identity, things like, certain tools they roll out that are for, you know, security, privacy, da, 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 da. then how can Bone oversee technology? Because technology is necessary to do those things. I think what they meant to say is that Bone would oversee what it takes to keep Shibarium working. I think that's what they meant. Whereas Leash would oversee things that are built for privacy and security of the community. I think what they meant for SHIB is largely for voting around their forums, their Discord, Telescam, whatever. I think that's what they meant. If I'm right, Leash got the short end of the stick on that business. Because again, how can you build these technological solutions on one? So you're saying all technology for what we develop is over here on this token, which is Leash, previously a rewards token, mind you, okay? Now, what's going to happen to those rewards for those people? Because you told them for years, the people that bought Leash, you told them for years, it's the rewards token. It's how we reward people. Later, it's how we reward developers. You said reward, reward, reward. And now you're positioning it around protection of the community. And Treat allegedly is going to take over the reward aspect what about people that hold leash now? What if they don't give a damn 
about protecting the community. I'm being honest because, again, that was a profit-motivated token. That's all it really was. And I'm, I was, when I read this, I'm like, these people, like the whole book smelling like cologne, these people are either tone deaf, stupid, or in the bubble, or possibly one of the two of the three. But the bottom line is somebody, whoever came up with the breakout, this, they don't know what the fuck they're doing because it doesn't make any sense. It's contrary to what you promised. It's contrary to what you told people. It's contrary to what you sold people on again, because I remind you, you told people when Shib was the center, true center, you told people Shib will likely be the gas token. And then you changed it. Well, the exchange is controlled. A deep, deep, deep. And then you said, boom, will be the gas token. When you launched Shibarium, you caused a run up. I sent that on X where it essentially jumped 20 X in terms of holder counts across the board, retail and whales. It's a cluster F. I want to get away from the swearing now. It's a cluster F when you launch this business. So now people are okay. I can't do crap there. The traffic's going down. There's no real developments on it. Shibarium doesn't do anything. And the holder counts are fluctuating on Bone, and they shouldn't be. Bone should be skyrocketing, but because of ineptitude and some lies, you now have this mixed situation. You still have a bunch of people holding Shib, screaming for burns. You're Lucy. Uh, okay. She puts out on social media that it's not about the burn. It's not about the burn. To the point, even Bleeves had to call that out. <laughs> but th that's what she said. She's like, it's not about burns. It's about, you know, and all this while your ship holders are pissed off because they're not getting the burns. They expect your bone holders are pissed off because you told them this is going to power Shibarium and Shibarium is going to do this thing. And it launches the cluster F and then tapers off and there's less interest in there. And now you're proposing taking away the rewards aspect of leash which I guarantee you was the only reason people bought into that crap. I guarantee you only to then talk about treat and turn it into the rewards token. And now leash takes a back seat over tools that many people are not going to use. And I'm going to say this and it's going to piss some people off and I get it, but hear what I'm saying, because I just broke down. Everything I said is fact. Everything I said is the straight truth and you can see it for yourself. Unfortunately, their site is crap. It's even worse than it used to be. But they said this themselves, this breakout for the Dow. They've changed it so much. It's essentially a form of bait and switch at this point. And all that's going to do is harm sentiment across the board. It, I, I don't even have a problem with the whole patience business because it takes a while to get a blockchain off the ground. That's not what I'm squawking at. I'm squawking at their consistent, pervasive pattern of shifting to shinies because it's the same shit that Thorium slash Liberal was doing to the point I'm thinking it may be those devs and that's not good. That's the last thing we need. So I, if any, if anybody in the ship ecosystem and trust me, I tried reaching out to them back in 2021 to try to help them and they listen. And that's where it crapped off the Coinbase Pro fiasco because they wouldn't talk to Leicester at CryptoTalRated.net. If any of you hear this, I want the smoke. I will absolutely break down why what you did with this Dow breakout is the worst thing you could have done. 
You should have stuck to your guns here, dude. Lady, whatever. I understand why you thought it's a good idea. I understand why you thought you wanted to be inclusive across everybody in the ecosystem. It's the wrong answer because the right answer really is one token, one vote, or one wallet, one vote. Either. Point is, to me, that's how you would have solved it. Everybody you need to buy, boom. But it's one wallet, one vote, or one token, one vote, whatever, so that it's roughly even. Somebody could spin up a thousand wallets if they want to. If they want to go through that smoke themselves to influence it, let them. Because if you still have two million people out there, they're going to override that nutcase for nothing. But you still could have stuck with Bone as that key. Doing it with Shib, do you understand what you did? That rhymes. You said yourself, the exchanges influence Shib. You said yourself, the exchanges hold too much Shib for you to control it. You said yourself, the burns cannot be influenced because too many of these central exchanges hold too much of it. You said yourself that the number of SHIB that's floating out there is outside of your control. Do you know what that means? That means that essentially you gave central exchanges authority to vote over what happens in your Discord or your telescam if my reading is correct and it's around community. That's what that means because they're holding major bags of SHIB. You know that though. And you know many of you devs hold major bags of SHIB. What does that mean? It means you're influencing the way the community works. And that's going to cause negative because some of you are triggered. I've seen it firsthand. You're triggered devs. You're triggered mods. You're triggered admins. And the central exchanges damn sure will do whatever they can if it's in their financial interest. I am not, just to be clear, bearish about bone. I've always been bullish about Bone. I think Bone is, a, it's a diamond in the rough. It's being abused by bad parents who don't know what the fuck they're doing. And they're being influenced by somebody else, likely. I understand. I understand. I understand what you're trying to do. I'm not criticizing what you're trying to do. I'm criticizing what you did. There's a difference. There's a better way to do it. And that is to tell people, bone is our governance. Leash is the reward, okay? Treat is something else. It is not reward. We're not taking that from leash, people. We're not taking what we gave you. We're going to figure out SHIB. And I understand the whole burn of whatever, do, 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 do. I'm saying, no, this whole governance over community and governance over this, governance over this, I think it's going to be a problem. When does it show us a problem? I don't know. Do I get it wrong? Maybe. I think it's going to be a problem in the big picture. And it pisses me off so much that I will now want to switch over to something a little bit more fun because I'm really frustrated. So then I want to close with a good note because I don't want to close with angry and I don't want to close with you frustrated. And when it's a longer episode, that's okay. That's okay. Because it was, a, it was a lot to digest. It was a lot to get off my chest. It was a lot to put out there. And there's a lot to it. And I needed to be clear so that I was fair. But let's talk about something fun to close the show. So I, you know, Sean Crypto Smith, I, I covered or mentioned, hilarious, deadpan humor. I love deadpan humor. He had done coverage on a token called MMAI. I'd never heard of it, didn't care, you know. 
But when he talked about it, I'm like, okay, well, there's something there. And if he thinks there's something there, there may be something there. And I, But I didn't follow it because, you know, social media, right? Apparently, Awesome Austin, uh, he's a YouTube influencer. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, still didn't go. But apparently, he was associated with this business. Well, I was watching Blizz's live earlier. And somebody on the chat mentioned that MMAI had taken, Jack Moo, taken, half the liquidity, it's like 200 grand off the liquidity unexpectedly. And please didn't know it happened, but he saw a reaction from awesome Austin where the reaction, I, I saw it after the fact that basically, you know, some of these influencers on Twitter or crypto, you know, they'll just quit. <laughs> they'll quit social media. And it's like, I'm seeing a pattern of this, like sandstorm. I think he quit Ryan Patrick. He had quit something uh, classy crypt quit the Luna classic. Like all these ones are just, I don't know where we got to this world where people just kind of quit. They, they get so butthurt and then they just quit the business. I don't know. That, don't get me wrong. I don't like going on social media. The only reason I do is because there are people that follow and they genuinely are curious about solid coverage. That's the only reason I do it. I don't do it for personal at all, but these ones, they just get set off by some incident or something. They just quit the business. So Austin Austin, he quits and Blees was responding to it. He gave an impression that I thought was hilarious. And I, I missed that. I missed that uh, aspect of Blees's coverage. You know, the, 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 the real, I'm not a fan of looking at the good in cryptocurrency. I'm a fan of just call it like it is. You know, I, I, I missed that side of his coverage of the, of the invitations and the, the, the rants, you know, that's the entertainment value. And this was quality. And I want to share that for you as I wrap up here today. Uh, ben Ferrer says MMAI pulled over 200K liquidity supposedly for blockchain development, 258K left. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what's happening with that. I have no idea uh, what is going on there. Uh, I, I saw, uh, uh, what's what's my man's name? Uh, Austin. Uh, awesome Austin. He uh, came out and said, I hate crypto. Uh, screw all you guys. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Or whatever he said yesterday. Um, so then... Uh, I nominate him for Buzzkill of the Year. Um, I, you know, I don't know what's going on with the guy, uh, but he's still in MMA, or so I thought. So I have no idea what's 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 going on over there. But apparently, it's okay. Uh, it's okay for all of your other cryptos to get dunked on. Apparently, it's okay uh, for all these guys to do that. But when MMAI pulls 200k in liquidity, that's cool. That's okay. That's because it's working. We're making stuff happen, bro. So I don't know. Uh, seems disingenuous to me, but. I, you know, I, I don't know. 